Luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy of TempleofMiriam.com, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Miss Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by our special guest, Evan Lionheart bringing us today's topic of maintaining one's healthy spirituality. Evan Lionheart comes to us from readingsbyevan.com in New Jersey. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you will be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first we'll catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Kat and Conjurman Ali. How are you doing? I hope it is as bright and sunny and beautiful where you are as it is where I am today in Seattle. Well, it actually is, Jeremy, and thank you for asking. Um, right now, it uh, looks like that all that smoke has kind of blown away from us, and we're doing much, much better. We have some uh, very nice skies and uh, warm weather. A little bit too warm, but, you know, that's the new world that we all live in. <laughs> so, um, I'm... I'm uh, just working very hard, getting ready for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And I'm also um, working uh, hard on uh, another project, the Mystic Tea Room. And I think I've told you all about the Mystic Tea Room. Mm-hmm. The, um, it's part of the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, just a little kind of a, a tale that's wagging the dog in ways that uh, I did not conceive. There's a lot of people out there who like tea leaf reading and, and tea rooms and the whole tea culture. And um, I've been working at this site for years, just, you know, adding a little bit here and there, fortune-telling cups. But somehow mm-hmm. it just took off, and I think people are ready for the festival, and they're ready for Gregory Lee White's book, co-written with me, called The Stranger in the Cup. And all of a sudden, the Mystic Tea Room is getting hits like it never got before. I mean, it was just this little backwater um, you know, a little website I'd been running since 2011. But all of a sudden, it's really getting the hits, and people are loving it. So thanks to everyone who's been coming out for the Mystic Tea Room. But it's being upgraded and added to in support of the book, Stranger in the Cup. And we just got our advanced copies in, and those are going to be at um, the workshop that Gregory is holding 
at the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival, which means I can just mention briefly the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Namely, um, because of COVID, we're having a festival which is being put on by our own uh, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, organizer. And uh, there's going to be 15 workshops. You know, you've heard this all before, but I'm just going to run it down for the 16 people who are listening to the show for the first time ever. 15, 15 workshops uh, by video conference, Zoom conference. There are um, tickets on sale now. There are flyers, just like we always have done for our festivals, but this time they'll be in the form of um, little two-page PDFs that will be available only to those who attend the festival. Everybody else can wait till they are published in book form in a couple of years, like we always do. And uh, you ought to check it out. Just go to hoodooheritagefestival.com. Um, and um, you'll see who's presenting, what they're presenting. There's a tremendous amount of stuff, and we'll talk with you about it later at the end of the show. But um, I'm just happy that everybody has, you know, putting their best foot forward, working on this collaboratively. It's quite a project because usually when we do a festival, we have 10 workshops, this time 15, and that's a huge increase in um, logistics, huge increase in... Um, timing arrangements, and uh, it has created a whole third day for the festival. But since you can download it and view it at your own home at your own speed, it doesn't matter. You don't have to take a day off from work and have your weekend and and a third day. No, you can do it whenever you want to. So Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival 2020, you can find that at Facebook. You can find it online. I'm sure that Jeremy is putting through all of the URLs. So that's what I've been working on. I'm uh, very pleased. I just finished uh, Ms. Robin York's uh, festival flyer, and it's on the dark arts of hoodoo, on cursing with coffins and cemetery boxes. And I'm telling you, everybody who knows Ms. Robin and who has ever attended one of her workshops, this is a lady who lays down truth, and um, and then she wrestles it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and pins it down, and then she puts some red pepper on it and ties it up and seals it with black wax. Um, <laughs> Ms. Robin is the sweetest woman you'd ever know. What, really one of my very best friends I've had in my entire life. But there's a woman who can really do a justified curse, but she only does them justified. Anyway, I, if you if you get to attend that virtual workshop, you're going to love it. Um and in any case, the flyer that she wrote will be in the blue folder, which is the next book of collections of flyers. That'll be out in a couple of years. So I'm just very happy that I was able to work on that one. All right, well, I'm going to ask Ali, what's happening in your world? You know, I'm not doing any readings, by the way. I'm not doing any readings until the festival. And I've already been booked. I've been booked for 15 readings on the three days of the festival, put up my hand and said, that's enough. And uh, then I will get back to being, I'll be back on Hoodoo Psychics, I promise you. And I'll be back taking readings off of Bookio and Air, I promise. But right now, I'm in festival mode. So anyway, how are you, Ali? I, I totally sympathize. Yeah, I, I'm all booked out for readings for October, both from my side. I think there's only like a couple of readings left for October from my side and, and also for the festival. So October is going to be a busy Month. But actually, before I give you an update from what I'm uh, going on in my world, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, in regards to the Mystic Two Room, we are really living through this kind of fascinating moment. I'd say that probably the past ten years 
there's been a revival in interest in traditional divination techniques from traditional astrology, from old school tarot readings. And so there's a real hunger for the types of divination that kind of fell out of favor, I would say, in the 90s. So we're really seeing, I mean, I'm not surprised at all to see tea leaf readings as something that people are really interested in. And I would not be surprised if we see a whole spate of new tea leaf readers in the next few years, and it will be tied to the Mystic Tea Room. Um, so I'm, I think that there's a real hunger out there for this type of information, both the history of it, uh, the way to do it. There is definitely a, a awakening, a sort of tra- awakening of traditional art uh, that we're living through. So this is super excited. I know I'm excited, tea leaf reading. I don't do tea leaf readings myself or coffee readings, but I'm familiar with the art. Every uh, elder woman in my family knows how to read tea leaves. <laughs> or coffee grinds, or very coffee much part of my culture. Yeah. Or coffee grinds yeah. are very much part of my culture, but it's not something I do. But I have such immense respect for the culture around it. Um, the two forms of reading, in my opinion, that have like culture tied to them are palm reading and tea leaf reading. If you ever, once we get past the COVID era, we, if you can ever get like an in-person reading around these two, they're worth it. There's a whole art to it. There's a whole style to it that really no other form of divination comes close to this kind of, there's like a teaching component to it. There's a performative component to it. There's a beautiful style uh, and culture tied to it. So it's very, very cool. And I'm I'm excited to see the Mystic Tea Room take off um, because it it is something I'm quite passionate about. With that said, a little bit of, of, of astro news actually for people. Anyone who's interested in doing love work, the next, kind of day or two is the best time to do it. Uh, you're going to have uh, Venus is currently in, in Leo, but she's about to ingress into Virgo by the end of the week where she's not very comfortable. So if you're doing mm-hmm. love work, don't don't wait till the end of the week because then she Venus is going to be in Virgo until end of October, I think October 23rd or something, or 25th or something. Uh, and also she'll be making a trying to Mars tomorrow. Uh, and Mars is in Leo, so really a great, great time to do – Mars is in uh, uh, Aries, I'm sorry. Really a great time to do any type of love work. So if you're doing love work tomorrow, you're in good astrological weather. I have a bunch of clients that I've been doing love – it's been love season for me that for the past two months. Nothing but love, I swear. And uh, I've been I've been timing it according to this. So tomorrow I'm doing a lot of really cool love magic on behalf of my clients. Encourage other people to do so as well. Well, you know, it's interesting that uh, you mentioned that because we were just talking before the show about where the moon is right now and where yep. Venus is. Yep. It's a little, just wait a few hours, it'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, yeah, that, well, that the, astrological weather, the astrological weather has just been, you know, a little bit screwy, that's all. But, um, but you know, it, it always moves and changes. Um and I really, um, I, I have to say one other thing. Uh, we just bought, and I, I know that I mentioned this in Facebook, so some people know, an orrery, a model of the solar system that rotates. Mm. And it um, it's all handmade. It arrived. We've assembled it. We rotated it last night. It, has, it, it runs on batteries. And it was so fun to set it up with exactly what was in the sky right now. And um, just watch those little planets close each other. Oh, of course, it. it's 
it's heliocentric. So in order to look at it geocentrically, you've got to get real close into where the Earth is and going, now what would it look like from here? It's really a trip. <laughs> it's really a trip. That's I so had a cool. wonderful so cool. time with my orrery. So I don't know if I ever do do in-person readings. I'll probably set it up in my reading room just to wow the, the folks. Oh, that would another be thing cool. about Another thing about tea leaf reading and in-person I do want to mention, you can read people's tea leaves by video. You mm-hmm. can. Yeah. And you can even read them by um, by still photos, you know, mm-hmm. snapshots. Um, it's better if it's a little bit of a video than a snapshot, but but I've done it. I've done it with snapshots. It's okay. Um, it's mm-hmm. easier, actually, than reading palms by snapshots. Just mm-hmm. saying. You know, so if you wonder about that, and also there's a whole class of tea leaf reading where you would call reading for an absent friend in which yes. the reader drinks the tea for the other person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think about that. That's a, that's really a, a, takes a bit of um, psychic manipulation. But, you know, in other words, you get that person's photo or talk to them and you say, okay, now I'm pouring the tea. Now I'm drinking the tea. This is what I see for you. And it can be done long distance and was often done long distance during World War One. That's when it developed, mm-hmm. particularly in Australia. Um, it, it became a thing, reading the tea for the absent person in mm-hmm. the war. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, our uh, guest today is Evan Lionheart. And um, so I just want to say hello, Evan, and welcome to the show. Welcome. Hello, Hello, and uh, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I'm thrilled to have you here. I know you've been just um, uh, getting into this matter deeper and deeper and deeper. I'm hearing all good news about you. You've been reading at Hoodoo Psychics for quite a while. Um, People have actually called me and said, so is Evan going to join AIR? Because, you know, (laughs) I so... (laughs) So I think we should take this show as the moment to announce that, yes, everybody, we have received Evan Lionheart's application to air. Wow, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's an honor. So it's going to be, it, it will be an honor to have you because you are a remarkable up-and-coming young reader. Now, you've brought us a topic, and... Um, the topic you brought us was about healing oneself um, spiritually. Now, there's two aspects to this, and I'm going to ask you which one or both do you mean? Maintaining one's health spiritually could mean maintaining one's bodily health through spiritually, spiritual practices, or it could mean maintaining one's spiritual health, or both. So how about you tell me what you think about this, and we'll start our discussion with with you telling us. Absolutely. Um, Well, I was thinking about this topic mostly because, you know, in the day and age of COVID and quarantine, it's really easy to backslide into bad habits that we might have quelled prior to COVID. So when I think of maintaining your spiritual health, I think of it actually as working in tandem because... If we consider the Bible verse cleanliness being next to godliness, your spiritual mm. cleanliness, in my, in my perspective, does affect your physical health. So mm-hmm. in, the, in the work that I was crafting around this topic, I was considering the fact that 
you know, over, over this time, we've built up a lot of negative energy. Um, maybe some negative habits have seeped back into our consciousness just through um, being inactive. And my take on this work is to shed those bad habits and to start reinvigorating the, the previous good habits or reinstilling new ones. And in that, you will live a more balanced and healthier existence. And, and that goes for both virtual and for physical health. So I don't, I don't know if that covers it for you, but um, that's the way that I'm feeling it. Yeah, it's a well, you know, um, I think health has been on everyone's mind and habits yeah, as well. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that um, I've been talking with a lot of people about, you know, those who are limiting their social interactions. It's really giving us all a moment to look at our daily thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, without the noise being so loud of all the people. I'd like to share one thing I just heard. Um, you know, birds have characteristic songs, and um, wild birds have been overtaken by cities, but some of these wild birds have learned to live in city parks or in little pockets mm-hmm. of greenery in the cities. And um, a group in San Francisco um, was... Uh, you know, they record bird song and see how it evolves and changes over time. Because birds go through these, like, you know, they're all going to do the Macarena, and then they're all going to do the Watusi. You know, I mean, birds actually <laughs> change their songs in different locations and over time. So these people have been recording bird song there for years. And they were very, of course, very um, sad because bird song in San Francisco had degenerated terribly. The sounds of the traffic were so loud, the honking, the people always coming by and scaring the birds and interrupting their song. And the birds were singing very much louder than they would have had they been in the woods near San Francisco. And Mm. they also had lost all of their little grace notes, the little trills. They couldn't take time for it because they were pushing out volume. And they had shortened their songs, and some of them were actually losing tonality. In other words, they were making the wrong note. They were hitting the pitch wrong compared to what their species did in a rural area. When COVID happened, all the birds had no competition. All the birds that were still in San Francisco, which there are millions, thousands, you know, they began to sing, and these guys went out and recorded them, and they said, in just two weeks, the birds were back to singing the way they did everywhere else in California. They weren't Mm -hmm. shouting at the top Mm -hmm. of their voice. They were singing, and they had the grace notes, and they were hitting their notes more accurately. And I thought, this is something applicable to people. Mm-hmm. We have too many people, and and it has hurt us spiritually. All of this stuff that's been going on politically, it, it's all a result of this crowding. And I have a strong mm-hmm. feeling that COVID is a little wake-up, kind of like you all can't just be in each other's faces all the time. Separate mm-hmm. a little bit. Step back. So... I've been taking this time to, I'm not going to say meditate because I'm not a meditator. I'm not one of those, you know, type of people. But think. Think about Mm -hmm. your spiritual practices and think about how they benefit you. That's my comment. How about you, Ali? Yeah, I think you're both are, are speaking to something very powerful and it resonates with what we're going through right now. Um, spiritual health and physical health are intimately tied with one another. It's, uh, I think, a fiction of our modern era when we see these things as 
separate. Just they're not related whatsoever. It's not true. They're very much related to one another. We know and we're learning about things like, you know, how our emotional states and mental states will affect our actual physical health. Um, the effect that stress has on us. And COVID in many ways is a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call to rethink our daily practices around health, both spiritual and physical, and how they're tied with one another. I always tell clients that when we think of spiritual health and how, or how spirituality is tied to our health, um, we have to think in terms of behaviors. In the same way that we might diet or exercise or have a regimen or daily routine, so too must we have something in the spiritual world that reflects that. You can't simply do health work when things go bad. You can, but then you're doing triage. Then you're trying to fix, right? That's when you're trying to address mm-hmm. something that has gone wrong. It is far easier to be proactive about it. So I tell clients, you know, Part of part of being physically healthy and spiritually healthy is a regular uh, practice of cleansing, making sure your house is clean, both physically and spiritually. The two are related, right? You don't just mm-hmm. smudge your house with a bit of sage. What do you do? You wash the floors with Chinese floor wash. This is how hoodoo works, right? You're physically mm-hmm. cleaning. You're not just you're not just kind of symbolically cleaning. You're literally cleaning. You clean up the clutter. You make sure your house isn't filled with all sorts of junk. Uh, you clean out so that your house is. You put you know Chinese floor wash on the floor, making sure that there's cleanliness there. Same thing with the body that you have a regular cleansing regimen that in addition to washing yourself you also do spiritual baths regularly and you can time these according to the moon, you can time these according to the days of the week or whatnot. but a regular practice of ensuring that you are in a spiritually clean state. Similarly with, with doctors and checkups, you go into a doctor and you get a checkup you should also have a regular reader that you do a checkup with every few months or once a year just to make sure that your spiritual health is in the right place. All of these things are intimately tied with one another. And when we build a discipline of health, that's the key there, a discipline of health, then we will be in a healthy state emotionally, spiritually, and physically. All right. So there's where our theories lie. Let's go back to you, Evan. I'd like you to um, give us some idea of what you do. Um, Ali spoke of Chinese wash. I spoke of silence. Um, what what do you recommend that people do to maintain their spiritual and physical health? Yeah, um, well, for me, it starts with the mind. I always start in internally and then work externally because you have to sort out what's going on inside before you can handle what's happening outside of you. So I start with the mental approach, and that starts with being honest with yourself about what is going on. If you're having, you know, an onset of maladies that are coming out of nowhere and you know that you're not taking care of yourself the way that you should, start by just addressing those things and being honest. You know, if you're, if you're sleeping too late in the day, write that down on a piece of paper. If you're, you know, not eating as well as you should, write that down. Write everything down that you know is interfering with you living your best life. And once you have all of that written down, I say start with burning that list. And this is just, you know, covering, we'll get to, you know, covering your house, but just covering, tackling, getting rid of those, those things that are making you sick from the inside. 
I'm a strong believer in symbolic, uh, working symbolically. So burning something that is containing all of the things you see wrong with yourself is very powerful work, especially to the subconscious. So starting from that place and then building on new structures, and I like to work with roots for this. So building new structures, um, gaining mastery over yourself or over habits or patterns that you'd like to cultivate, that's a great place to start, and mastery is an excellent route for that. Um, calamus is a great route for gaining control over some of those habits. You might want to look into those. And as we get outside of ourselves and we address what we need to take care of in our home and in our spaces to make sure that we have healthy energy coming in and, and flowing, make sure that you're cleaning your room. Um, make sure that you're taking care of your space, especially if you do magic in your space. You should be cleaning your space at least once a month. If mm-hmm. you do crossing work in your house, I would highly suggest you clean your house more regularly. And ideally, if you can, take it outside. Because those things can affect your health if you leave them in your house. Um, when it you know, comes you, down you, to... Can, mm-hmm, sorry. Can I, I just want to jump in on this. Um, I, I've noticed um, some trends among my friends. <laughs> um, blessing altar. So they do a blessing altar, and they don't feel the need to clean it up. And the blessing altar becomes mm. covered mm. with dust. Dust. (laughs) Don't let. There's an old, old gospel song. Take the dust off the Bible. Dust off God's holy word. (laughs) Take your dust Mm -hmm. off your blessing altar. It, it, it. When it's covered with dust, I mean, it's still there, and you can go. Oh, I remember what that looked like, but now it's all gray. That's number one. You don't have to do deep cleansings of your blessing altar, whatever you're Mm -hmm. trying to bless, whether it's love, money, success, family, friends, marriage, you name it. Dust it off. And the other one yeah. is the the cursing. And I agree with you 100%. Take down the cursing altar when you're done cursing. Unless mm-hmm. you're a professional root worker who has a permanent cursing altar, and I know a few who do, and it's just it's just a kind of a place where there's just a whole lot of black wax and gunk and tarry goo. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty bad. You know, ashes. And, some people call it their cremation grounds. Um, unless you have that and it's a permanent fixture, um, take down the the cursing altar immediately when you're done with it. Clean everything up. Clean the surface off. And um, it's interesting in that uh, I just mentioned that I was working on and had finished editing Ms. Robbins' um, workshop flyer. And she gives some interesting and unique recipes for how to um, how to clean off that work off of yourself and how to clean it off of the space. So there are many, many ways. Some people like um, camphor. Some people like eucalyptus. There's so many different kinds of things. Of course, Chinese wash is pretty much the go-to. But there's a few, we've got a few secrets here that are going to be revealed. And I know that um, Evan is going to talk about that a little bit too. Um, so let's go back to the idea, and I'm sorry I jumped in there, but the idea of dusting oh, no. and cleaning. When you're doing cleaning of your house, I mean, especially, it doesn't have to be super, you know, intense. It can just be a really good floor wash. I love Chinese wash. It's my go-to. A simple three-herb floor wash. I love eucalyptus. It's one of my favorite herbs to work with. Um, Eucalyptus, lemongrass, and agrimony is generally my my go-to combination. Mm -hmm. And also just following up with a good incense. Fumigating your house is a very powerful way to get into those nooks and crannies that you otherwise wouldn't be able to reach. Doing Mm -hmm. this routinely, because repetition does build power, 
is an excellent way to keep your space clean. And of course, you always want to make sure that you put something good back. So following up with some blessing sachet powder swept into your home or, you know, following up with some blessing incense or even in this case, healing incense. Either of those would be a great way to start a healthy cycle of fresh energy coming through your spaces and entering your life. Mm-hmm. How about you, Ollie? I have a couple more tricks, too. Sorry, but... <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I just... Uh, did you want me to give them now? I can go for now. But yeah, yeah, go right ahead. Please. Okay, perfect. Um, so... Um, also, candle work definitely is my go-to. I love doing candle vigils for cleansing. Rolling yourself down with a simple white candle is a great way to keep yourself clean weekly, week after week. Um, I'm a big believer in baths, as I said before. We talked about that ad nauseum. But mm-hmm. candle work, definitely. Um, and also, don't knock a good coffee sweep. <laughs> a nice coffee sweep through the house clean up mm-hmm. and pick up any negative energy quicker than you could even believe. So, yeah, I'm going to pause right there because I want to give you guys some space to uh, throw some things into. Yeah. Um, how about you, Ollie? How do you, I mean, it, he mentioned something, and I, I, I wrote it in the chat, doing your cursing work outdoors. And I still remember that beautiful spell on your driveway with those turquoise yeah. blue <laughs> It's somewhere that that picture of that spell is somewhere still at the air site. It's no longer on your page, I don't think. Um, but that, I mean, talk about classy. I mean, you use the most beautiful accoutrements to do the most horrific spell, and you did it on your driveway. And I thought that was just. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a big believer of, of of working. I mean, I like beautiful working. That's the Taurus mm-hmm. in me. But I do love mm-hmm. working outdoors. I think it's a very smart idea. I do have a cursing altar, but there's certain works that are just best done outside of the home, right? It's just not. Don't bring that inside. So I believe fire pits in the backyard are great. Driveways work really wonderfully. Being aware of these things uh, is important for your spiritual health and your and, and and your physical health. And the cleaning of altars, I've got to say, Kat, I mean, you really you really hit something there. Not just in terms of blessing altars, but for God's sake, any altar you've got, you've got a love altar that you've allowed to to gather dust for six years, right? Clean that thing off. Right? Show it a little bit of love. Show it a little bit of affection. Same thing with your money I, I, altar, right? If it's Go ahead. You were I've something? been there, been there, done that. Not, you know, I'm I'm a lazy duster. I'll tell you, and um, you know, you're looking at that thing, and everything's all, and it's so pretty. And then you look at it, and you go, "That's not as shiny as it used to be." <laughs> no, I totally feel you, right? And yeah. it's just a little bit of love and attention can go a long way to to the various altars that you're working with. Um, I do want to say that there is a particular area of the house that you want to spend a lot of time on and be very intentional about, and that is your entryway. The entryway mm-hmm. sets mm-hmm. the tone for the entire house spiritually. It's very mm-hmm. important that you keep it clean that you spiritually cleanse it, that you keep it protected. It's not uncommon for you to walk into the entryway of a house, and if a person is very aware spiritually, that mirrors would be placed up to reflect the negativity outwards. I have mirrors that protect my home that way. It's very old school working. But also in terms of just clutter, something that, that ends up happening. So I, am, I come from a tradition where we don't wear our shoes inside the house. 
right? We take mm-hmm. our shoes off, but there's a place where we put those shoes. We don't just fling them throughout the house. <laughs> so you mm-hmm. want to keep that entryway very clean. Um, a very simple way of, of kind of like uplifting. Like if you feel funky throughout the day, take a broom and just quickly sweep the entryway. It's very quick, and you'll feel a spiritual shift right off the bat. That, ah, that's what it was. So if you don't have time to do a full-on cleansing, you don't have time to do a full-on bath, your entryway, just go straight there with your broom, sweep that up. That entryway is going to set the tone for your entire house. You know, you just said something I want to comment on because I'm older than both of you put together probably. Back when I was back when I was young, um, I used to like to you know get up and roam around the streets of Berkeley and Oakland, California, and Albany also, and El Cerrito. I mean, I I would walk a lot, and I mm-hmm. and when the stores would open, one of the things you'd see would be these middle-aged men or middle-aged women with an apron on, sweeping the doorway of their shop, and um, it was more common in the black part of town and in the Sicilian, you know, um, mm-hmm. fish markets and stuff like that, yeah. um, it was less, you know, the, 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 the little upper classy sort of people didn't do that so much. But I could see that the that these working class stores, that sweeping the doorway and sweeping the sidewalk was absolutely part of starting every day. And I just, I, you know, I've never, you know, when you said that, I just thought, you know, that's an important thing to do. And it wasn't... Um, you know, nobody said, you must do this, but everybody did mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So let's go back to the idea of spiritual health for just a minute. Um, you know, we talk about um, clients who come to us with problems, and a lot of times they say they've been cursed, but they haven't been. They simply, you know, got a spiritual bruise or bump. And now mm-hmm. they, uh, it, it's not healing. It's not healing for them. And they, they just believe that they have been cursed. It, it must have been a curse. It's kind of similar to, you know, you um, you run over a curb and, 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 you know, put a little dent in your bumper. And then you go, somebody must have hit me. No, you, you bump the curb, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, uh, people do this all the time. They assign to an enemy that which may be an accident uh, a natural yeah. occurrence, a moment of carelessness, and maybe someone did bump into you, but they didn't do it on purpose. So one of the most important things about improving your spiritual health that I recommend, and I'm not saying this just because I'm a reader, is get a reading, find out what the cause is, and mm-hmm. be prepared that the cause may not be a curse. We're not all living in some kind of strange, you know, first-person shooter drama in which people are attacking us from all areas and we must shoot them all down. Most people don't live that life, really. A lot of people think they do. But um, what's happening in our lives, like right now, we've been hit with a whole lot of different things all at once. Health issues, social issues, political issues. My God, it's it's terrible astrological weather out there. Mm-hmm. So... Another thing you can think of when you think in terms of accidents is insurance. So what kind of insurance do you have? And how does that keep you healthy? Even if you are hurt, you have to have insurance that you can go to the ER and get that thing splinted or fixed up. So let's think about spiritual insurance 
That would be know your psalms if you use psalms or know your yeah. uh, suras or know your prayers, know your saints, whatever it is. Know who you're going to go to. You know, where is that local ER spiritually? Um, and you want to think about what has worked for you in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And who do you owe an offering or a due to? For instance, if you're one of the kind of people who works with, I'm just going to throw one right out, Blessed Virgin Mary. A lot of people work with the Blessed Virgin Mary in various forms. And um, and uh, they, they, they want to keep up their offerings to her because that's keeping up your insurance premium, you see, in case you mm-hmm. do get hurt and suffer a, 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 a ill health. You know she's always waiting in the corner. Well, Blessed Virgin Mary is very forgiving, but some of these saints do require their dues. And some of these deities do require their dues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, talismans are another really good uh, insurance policy, if you will, spiritual mm-hmm. insurance policy, specifically talismans that are designed to take a hit. So those that are designed mm-hmm. to fall or be a proxy for you, uh, whether it's the silver dime that you wear around your ankle or around your neck, uh, these are really great. They're, they're designed to be to basically be the fall, if you will. Something happens, the spiritual weather gets bad, or someone directs the evil eye at you, and rather than your life come go into shambles, you lose your talisman. Um, you lose, you know, the a talisman falls or whatnot. So those are really great, simple insurance policies that you can have. Uh, you can anoint these and keep them around. And I know root workers that have whole boxes of just silver dime talismans and these small ones, not these elaborate planetary ones, not these elaborate, not like an elaborate mojo bag, but something very simple that can be replaced. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I, I came home today and I've lost my necklace. That tells you something. That was the insurance policy, right? It took the hit mm-hmm. rather than you. So you consecrate the new one, you bless the new one, and you put that one on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in this time, and this is a hard time, there's another thing that's lacking in people's uh, spiritual health, and that is optimism. Mm. So, Evan, let's talk for a moment about optimism. What can a person do to keep their cheerfulness, their optimism, and their hope alive during this rather dark era we're in? Yeah. Um, I I like to work a lot with planets. I I study astrology, so I you know this is a case for solar work. This is a case for Jupiter work. Um, both planets mm-hmm. are very expansive, very warm, very bright, and enthusiastic. And we just got Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter just went direct recently. It's, oh, mm-hmm. No, no, I told it. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. So many things are happening right now. <laughs> um, yeah, Jupiter just went direct, so we get to actually work with that uplifting energy again. So I'm a big fan of solar herbs like frankincense. Um, I like to actually make a blend of frankincense, aspen rue, and bay leaves. That is my go-to whenever I need, like, a nice pick-me-up, just something to clear my mind of any negative thought trains that are going. I missed um, one. It, I missed one. It was frankincense. Oh. Um, a spawned rue. Ah, okay. All right. Mm, yeah. Syrian um, rue. Yeah, a spawned. Yeah. yeah, Syrian, Syrian rue. Sorry, a yeah. spawned. Yeah. Got yeah. it. I love um, that stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big big fan of um, Syrian rue and also just baths in solar herbs. I love marigolds. Um, I know it's not traditionally like a go-to for, you know, lighting up your life, but it has a very warming um, comforting oh, quality. Does. So 
Yes. Like marigold and, and chamomile. I love those two together. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. warming, very just securing. Um, and just to speak really quickly, I, I apologize. I know we left this topic already, but with proxies, I love doing proxy dolls to negate mm-hmm. um, negative energy. So either putting a proxy doll inside of a jar as a way of protecting the body from um, any impacts to health or burying a proxy doll somewhere so that if somebody does something your way, that doll's going to take it first. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's That That kind of goes back to what Ollie was saying about guardians that fall over. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, he did a workshop once where we all made little guardians, and the idea would we be did. if they'd fall mm-hmm. over. Well, we live in California, many of us who attended that, and um, mine's fallen over twice due to different earthquakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. true. <laughs> you know, hey, by the way, you're having an earthquake. Um, yeah, so entry entry guardian statues are, are good. Yep. Um, I'm going to add another herb, calendula, which is another mm. Uh, mm. yellow solar herb. And another one that people like a lot is um, uh, St. John's wort, which has yellow flowers yeah. Yeah. Um, and very cheering. It's actually used in antidepressant medication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to throw in John the Conqueror. It's not as solar, but it is a traditional one associated with willpower. And that's one of the things that I link to optimism. I think people mm-hmm. think of optimism as just being happy. And certainly a positive state is related to optimism. But optimism is, is an indomitable will. It's the not being shaken despite what happens around you. And that's John the Conqueror for you. John the Conqueror's ability to kind of endure anything uh, and really kind of this sort of spirit of luck that allows you to navigate the worst of circumstances. I mean, go and read some of the folklore about John the Conqueror, the character, and it's just brilliant. And that really speaks to a type of optimism that we don't always think about. We think of optimism as positive states. But optimism is the power to to, to endure anything. It's, it's being unshaken. It's having that really low center of gravity spiritually so that you're just not knocked off balance. Something happens, bad things happen, and it doesn't throw you into a funk. This can also be related to maintaining your spiritual connections. If you have a good relationship with your guardians, like Ms. Kat mentioned, whether those are the guardians that you have created or the guardians that are your ancestors, your saints, the spirits of the dead, whatever forces that you are working with in your life, you maintain a positive relationship with them, a constructive and active relationship in which offerings are made regularly, in which the relationship is cultivated actively, that will contribute to your state of willpower and optimism. Do not be surprised that if you neglect your spirit, that that will have an effect on your emotional state. You'll feel kind of funky. And say, oh, wow, I've neglected my ancestors for six months. Get back into mm-hmm. it and see how quickly mm-hmm. you are uplifted. Um, yeah. I'm going to put, throw in something else about, um, oh, Nagashiva posted, keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side of life. That's a song by the Carter family. It's a really good song. It, I, I play that song when I need it. it. That's another thing. Music will uplift mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. And um, and that particular song I've tuned in to uplift me when I need it. Another thing is the use of stimulant herbs. Okay, so we talked mm-hmm. about magical herbs. Yes. But um, but stimulant herbs are useful if things have gotten you down. So, of course, I think everyone knows about coffee, tea, and chocolate. 
and those are all really good stimulant herbs. There are others. I mean, we could get into, you know, many, many, you know, yerba mate. There's many, many caffeine mm-hmm. and non-caffeine stimulants, including licorice and so forth. Um, but but just living um, with those, <laughs> she was just reposted as the trinity of stimulate miracles, coffee, tea, and chocolate. <laughs> um, those things are those things will lift you up past um, a little fog or a little hump. And I'm not ex- mm-hmm. expecting everybody to go out and you know just start you know shooting you know methamphetamine, but you know there are things that do work for people. And another thing that besides coffee, tea, and chocolate that works is inspirational smell. So aromas mm. will um, cause you to feel uplifted. Now, we mentioned uh, incense, but sometimes just sniffing a particular essential oil, neat, uncut, yep. or yep. lightly cut, and so you can still get the fragrance, will really do it for you. And this is what's called aromatherapy. And uh, we have an air member who is a certified aromatherapist, and that is um, Gregory Lee White. And um, he is willing to and will prescribe aromatherapy for people to keep Mm -hmm. their uh, mental health in balance. And I have um, used aromatherapy myself and find it very interesting. Don't always just take what someone prescribes for you. You want to find out what works for you. There are companies that put out sampler little vials of, you know, 180 different pure, um, absolute essential oils. And some of them are very, quote, rare because they're very regional or local, like the herbs of the Rocky Mountains or the herbs of the American Southwest. And they're, they're distilling small batches. It's amazing how you'll find that they work on your mind. Okay, so that's just my little other hint here. It is magical, and um, people think, oh, but that's just perfume. That's just aromatherapy. No, no, no. These are the essence of these herbal spirits. Mm-hmm. And sometimes carrying them in a mojo bag is like a potpourri. Making a potpourri in the house yes. will work. And um, there's a there's one that is uh, very much used by Jews, which is called Bessemum Spices, of which there's no single recipe. Everyone has their own recipe, but it has various things in it. Um, and um, never has oil. It has to only be the herbs. And you smell it once a week. You smell it, and you think, oh, this is the world that God made for us. And then you get back your hope and your optimism. Mm. Mm, that's fantastic. That's beautiful. Uh, I want to I emphasize the, uh, a very important aspect of of both mental, emotional, and physical health is knowing when to disconnect. Take some mm-hmm. time away. I think I think we we live in a society in the hyper capitalism makes you feel guilty when you're not doing something, right? Oh, mm-hmm. I, I I let a whole day pass and I didn't get anything done. Um, and I think those of us that are tourists feel this doubly so sometimes, right? Where we can we either fall into the really lazy camp or the workhorse camp. Um, but it is important to disconnect. It's important to say. I need a day to just kind of decompress or I need an hour to decompress. And that's drinking your favorite tea, reading your favorite book, watching your favorite show. I'm, I mean, I'm not a big believer in TV myself, but if it helps you decompress, you know, do your thing. Um, being around your favorite scent, wearing your favorite clothes. These are all ways of 
kind of disconnecting and maybe saying, look, I need a couple hours to myself. I need a couple hours to rejuvenate. Do this. This is not just an introvert thing. Extroverts need to learn how to disconnect as well. Um, it's very important to spiritually charge. It's also about reclaiming your place and your power. We are constantly mm-hmm. giving off our power. We're giving our time. We're giving our space to other people. It's fine to simply say, I'm reclaiming this. I'm not going to give this thing any more attention. I'm not going to give this thing any more of my time. I'm not going to give this thing any more of my space. Cut it out. Just be in your own space for a little bit. It is very good for you if, if you can build a practice of kind of once a week, once a month, whatever it takes. Maybe it's just you luxuriating in a bath for an hour. Just say, so you know, that's my time. It can, go, it can work wonders to really address the fact that you are being spiritually beaten down day after day after day after day. So reclaim that space, reclaim that power, reclaim that time. I want to throw in a real short one. This was taught to me by Susie Bosselman, who uh, was my uh, first employee, I guess you could say, at Lucky Mojo. She and I kind of started the company together. She had been the office manager of Eclipse Comics, and when it went away, I said, well, now we're going to do Lucky Mojo. And she goes, okay. (laughs) But she was a a very well-trained psychic reader and practitioner. And... um, I mean, people come into your life for a reason. So this was her simple. It was so simple. She had a nice little bowl, um, little glass cut crystal bowl, antique. I think it belonged to her grandmother, and salt. And she would write down what was troubling her. You know, like just to give an example, um, um, the president of the United States is, you know, a, a walking disaster. And you're thinking about it all the time, big. right? <laughs> and you. So you write it down on a piece of paper. You don't say what you want. You don't say. You just describe what the problem is. You put some salt in the bowl. You put the paper in. You put some salt on it. You put it there. Let it. You can go to sleep, and you won't dream of it. Mm. It won't be bothering you. you. Get up in the morning and say, Ah, I still have to deal with that motherfucking president. You can shake it out of the salt and say, oh, Okay, now I'm going to burn it. Now I'm going <laughs> to whatever. <laughs> Burn it every morning and write it again. But but she did she did that so she could have a sound sleep, that no problem would be in her dreams. And mm, she taught it great. to me, and I've used it. It works. It really works. Well, we've that's we've fantastic. hit on the angel. Moment, I just wanted moment to of sound. go ahead. Please go ahead, Evan. <laughs> I just wanted to jump in really quickly um, and just piggyback off of what you were saying earlier, Conjurman, um, this is definitely, I, I think, if any year, 2020 is a year for purging. Like, if you look yes. at this past decade, we've been consuming, and I think we're at a point of, like, maximum inundation. Like, there's, there's no yes. more room to put any more stuff. So, you know, maybe this year in space is, is very much a time for purging. And Spiritual mm-hmm. health, you know, is, isn't just cultivating or maintaining your wellness. You know, it, it is a major part of that. But I've also found that it, it's also taking time to know yourself, to, get to, to mm-hmm. get to love and learn who you are. Because you'll quickly realize, like, in this quiet time, you might have been entertaining relationships that were toxic. You might have yeah. been entertaining people that were actually sucking away at your energy. 
And now yeah. that you have this distance, yes, you may be missing that social interaction, but this is actually an, an invitation from the universe, if you will, to flip the script on some of, you know, the social distancing paradigm and use it to get closer to yourself. You know, one of the first mm. things that I teach people when they come to me and they want to learn about, you know, magic is start learning about yourself. Learn what herbs you like. Learn what herbs you don't like. Learn what colors really resonate with you and learn how those colors make you feel. All of those things are intrinsic to living a healthy, balanced life. Because if you live in a room or where that, that color annoys you every time you walk into it, that's causing mental distress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's something mm-hmm. that simple, but it, it, it means the world when you can start analyzing things in that way because you've made the time to, to do that, to have those conversations with yourself. So I, I just wanted to say that, and I totally agree with you. This is a year where I think we're entering a renaissance <laughs> um, where mm-hmm. people are tapping into these arcane uh, practices mm-hmm. and, no- and, and, and systems of knowledge, and I think it's to help us to a healthier sense of being. So I just wanted to say that really quickly. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Well said. You're, I mean, the act of purging is we really we really don't think about it, and and you're so right. It, it starts with self knowledge. Well said. Well said. Mm-hmm. So there's you. a there's a lot going on this year. For people new to this show, they must think we're just a bunch of Cassandras. But um, <laughs> we don't always talk. Next year, maybe it'll be better, huh? We're hoping because this has been really bad. And so if you're feeling bad right now, there's a reason for it. Um, especially I say this to the young ones, 19, 18, 19, 20, 21 mm-hmm. years old. Um, you have no experience with a run of good years. You just got woke up, turned 18 yeah. in the middle of this. <laughs> this is what yep. adulthood is going to be like. I I promise you it will be better. <laughs> Because this is yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, I'm taking your word I'm, for it. I'm yeah. here to tell you, it's, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I really feel for Gen Z. I mean, you think about it. If these 2,000 babies grew up in the shadow of 9-11 and economic collapse, Donald Trump, and it's <laughs> right? Um, just disaster. <laughs> and so you feel well, it. But there's, cousin a reason, Joshua. there's a reason why people... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Cousin Joshua in the chat says, we wouldn't have to be Cassandras if folks just listened to us. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to say anything about that because it will lead me into a rant. I'll just say that uh, <laughs> there's a reason why whole generations of people are feeling burnt out. And so mm. it's okay to feel burnt out. It's okay to, to recognize that and acknowledge that and not feel guilty about it. But this is why topics like this are so important, because it's also about recognizing that and then building the practices that will help you deal with it. The world is always going to be either really crazy or there's something always going to be going on. But you can decide whether you will be so deeply affected by it that you can no longer function or you have built in the precautions, the health, the, the insurance policy, as Ms. Kat mentioned, so that you can weather the storm. And that's fundamentally mm-hmm. what we're trying to do. We're trying to weather the storm. Mm-hmm. As I tell people um, very often, I get how you feel, but now let's talk about how you can heal. Because yes. there, there has to be a point of transition where you stop bleeding. Like the wound has to be staunched at some point so we can start recovering. And it's not negating your emotions or your feelings, but there has to be progression. 
Well, Jeremy just posted something shocking in the chat room. They just revealed his tax returns 30 minutes ago for the last, past, last 10 years. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, the New York Times, yeah. He only paid $750 uh, summary? in tax. Let's have, it's not, it's not worth it. it. <laughs> Can we have a summary? What? How, how big a yeah. criminal is he? He's super criminal. Well, Either he's 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 way poorer than he's claiming to be, or than yeah. he's way poorer than the wealth he's claiming, or he's a complete tax fraud. He's only paid, I think, the report was seven hundred and fifty dollars in tax. That means the local, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, the local garbage man is paying more in tax than the billionaire, so-called billionaire president. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to put I'm going to put him in a, going to put him on a piece of paper and bury him in salt overnight. But when I get up in the morning. <laughs> You're going to burn, burn that, that piece of paper. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Um, I want to ask yeah. both of you, what's your, like, one go-to quick pick-me-up? Mine's Van Van. Oh, my God. A quick pick-me-up, like Van Van, a little bit on my mm-hmm. hand, a little smell of that. I'm good to go for the day. What about y'all? Oh, wait. Gosh. Uh, oh, well, go ahead, Evan. Everybody knows what I like. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I got a second on Van Van, but you know what? You, it doesn't get better than special oil number 20 for me. I don't know. There's oh, something yeah. about special oil number 20 that just, it, it changes my day. Well, uh, you see, now you, you got, I got three of them. So Van Van, <laughs> if I've, if Van Van, if there's, you know, cruft, you know what I mean? Dust, dirt, messy yeah, people. Yeah. Van Van, whoops, I'm all reset. It's just like reset the clock back to 12 noon and you're on atomic time. Mm-hmm. Special oil number 20, when I want to indulge in pleasure. If I'm moving beyond mm-hmm. the negative and I want to go, I want pleasure. I love special mm-hmm. oil. I'm so glad you like it, Evan. I just, that to I me, love is, it. bringing that back onto the market made me so happy. And it's a really <laughs> good one. And then my third one is just me personally. And that is rose, but not rose perfume, not rose oil, not rose essential oil. Real, actual, living roses, but you could only get them when they're blooming. But in particular, I'm going to get real specific here. In particular, roses that have a slightly orange and um, tint to them tend—they're called—they um, have a tea, orange tea scent. So they smell a bit like um, oranges and tea. And mm-hmm. I just Buff Beauty is one of them. Talisman, Los Angeles. There's a whole bunch of them. Joseph's Coat, whatever. They just that particular kind of rose just puts me someplace else. And working off the orange plus tea, the last one for me is Constant Comment Tea. And you don't even have to brew it. Just open the can. Woo! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sign of a good tea. Just the scent alone. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, constant comment tea by Bigelow. Um, not, I'm not talking about anybody's crapo orange spice tea. I'm talking about constant comment tea by Bigelow, man. The tea that Leonard Cohen read a whole frickin' song about, called Suzanne. <laughs> All right. Well, we covered a lot of ground, and it was lovely to have you here, Evan. We're going to have you back, I hope, many times. Um, now, we're going to go and uh, pick up a client, I believe. So let's see what happens if I turn this over to Dr. Jeremy Weiss. 
Well, stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Miss Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man Ali. And this week's special guest, Evan Lionheart, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent and Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the uh, Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phone. Mary, calling in from uh, Texas. Are you there, Mary? Yes, I am. Fantastic. Now, those of you who are listeners to the show will know that um, Mary has uh, uh, written a few uh, answers to a few screening questions and they're so interesting and funny that I have to read them as written, which is, um, what's the history of your, uh, 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 with our show? And she writes in, I'm a new devotee. I love listening to you and all the, uh, and enjoy all the energy. Um, and uh, the history with other readers is none. She's even lucky to have finally figured out how to register for the show. <laughs> So the reason that she calls in is that she is tired of being insulted and disrespected in the workplace. She did do a Lime and Alum working a month ago, and it went beautifully. However, gossip and backstabbing continues. Ready to jump ship and have an interview uh, next Tuesday with the full moon in Aries, no less. And I need advice before making a possibly impulsive jump. All right. Well, thank you for calling us, Mary, and thanks for jumping through all the hoops that got you to here online. Um, I'm going to ask a a couple of... Oh, well, you're so welcome. I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Um, What is your sign of the zodiac? I'm a triple Virgo, which is why I love you guys. Oh, a triple Virgo. My gosh. Wow. Okay. this is yeah. This show, for some reason, this show tends toward, just generally speaking, Earth sign people. I'm not saying that everybody on the show is Earth sign, but we there's something about mm-hmm. this show that attracts Earth sign people. So you fit right in. Um, of course, Evans a Pisces, right? We got Evans a Pisces, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah. So um, now. You did this lime and alum. That sounds good. Was it um, was it in a bottle? Was it in a freezer? How did you do it? Um, I did six for six coworkers, uh, two of ah. which were supervisors. I cut the lime open. I placed their names while uh, doing sure, sure, sure. I get that. I got it. We got it. We got it. Uh-huh. Can't have all the details. Okay. What I asked was after oh, you were I done. Them. What did you do with them? I buried them. Did, Buried them. And where did you bury them? In the back 40 of my property. Mm. Okay. That's mm. not a bad place to bury them. Okay. So now that it went beautifully, but the gossip and backstabbing continues. Part of the problem, see, now when you tell me this, part of the problem may be that some of these people were either protected or they are stronger than you. In other words, if you were going up against a martial artist who had more training and maybe a little bit more physical strength, you could do the best 
but they eventually win over you. So when we do a spell like this, we hope to knock them off their balance. And you may have knocked some of them out, but there may be some still around. Okay. Um, they may, may I be throw out back. a disclaimer? I'm sorry, say that again? I'm so sorry to interrupt you, dear. May I throw out a quick disclaimer that you may need yes. to know about? All of my childhood, I was raised around an Apache Mexican curandera, Buja. Uh-huh. I've been very protected in all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure if perhaps maybe that was also hindering me from, you know, no. manifesting any no, 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 being, no, 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 no. Being protected does never hinder okay. you. There's a, there's a lot of fear based around that. I'm so protected I can't do any work. No, that's just not true. Okay. Um, so it, I don't you. know where that came from, but it, I've never seen it in real life. Okay, so good that you're protected, but what we've got here is maybe some strong enemy. All right, so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the first reading, and um, I'm just going to ask the question, which is um, about you're ready to jump ship and you're having an interview. Is this a good idea? This is the advice part of your question, okay? So um, card number one is... um, a card that says you may have come into this choice to jump ship and leave um, due to some imbalance. <clears throat> and the card is the Two of Pentacles. So this is about leaving. It's got ships in the background. It's a person trying to balance money versus happiness, coming versus going. It does show an unsettled state. And this is the card of the past. So Obviously, you're not overreacting. The situation is pretty difficult, but this card is never a card of resolution. It's a card that says you are going to have to work hard to balance these things. There is an um, infinity symbol that connects the two coins that the juggler is is trying to balance. That shows that your old job and your new job will have some sort of a connection. In other words, you're not going to go back to college and get a degree in an entirely different field. You're you're going to still stay in the field you're in, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but there's a connection, and there may even be a people connection or some sort of thing. But it, this card does recommend moving on. It has little ships here. I mean, you may have to. It may be time to move on, but you really want to be calm before you do that. The second card is a card that tells me. Moving on might be a real good idea because this card is called the Tower. And this card shows a tower built by human beings struck by lightning from God. And people are jumping, trying to land safely. We don't know whether they'll live or die. This card, if it was a love affair, we say it's over. Now it's a job situation, and I think it is over. I think that um, you may need, and it's funny because you said jump ship. First we had ships, now mm-hmm. we have people jumping, right? So I mm-hmm. think that it's not particularly impulsive on your part. I think you're reading the situation right. I I don't know yet, because I haven't done third card, whether the new job, the place you're going to or applying to, is going to take you. That's a different question. Or if it is going to be any better. But I'm going to say mm-hmm. that just on the question we asked, which was should I interview somewhere else should i apply should i and if you don't get that one should you keep on going the third card is justice 
Now, justice shows a woman on a little bench um, with two pillars, one on either side. She holds a sword upright, and she holds a balance beam scale, and it's perfectly level. This is the evolution from that juggler who can't seem to get anything level, and everything's all messed up. So it says that if you leave where you are, you will come to a place where you will feel much more balanced. And justice is a... um, a card associated with the sign Libra. It also is associated mm-hmm. with people who work, um, you know, in a, you know, in a justice orientation, you know, you know, whatever kind of job having to do with justice. But it also does have to do with Libra. So we're coming up to that time period, and we're in, you know, this idea of um, of having. Uh, justice and balance. This is a good time for you to actually look for uh, another place. Okay. I also have a hearing on the 18th. Um, I was wrongfully terminated from my last job, and now I have a civil rights hearing coming up. Yes, well, that's a different question, hon. I can only do one question at a time. I'm Ah, sorry. I'm sorry. Now we're, yeah, you can call us again on other (laughs) questions. Okay. Uh, Let's have Evan do a reading, okay? Yeah, sure. Uh, (laughs) Hi, how are you today? Um, Thank you for letting me read for you. Hey, thank you um, for having me. Of course. Um, Miss Cat definitely covered the the major portion of your question, you know, advising you if this would be good for you to undertake. Now, my cards are showing me a slightly different perspective. I do feel like you need to get out of there, but my cards are addressing your approach. And when we start with the first card, I'm looking at the first card being foundations. I have the seven of pentacles here. So the seven of pentacles is in my deck. I'm using the ethereal visions today. I have a man who is standing before a bush with seven golden coins on it. And this is definitely piggybacking off the idea that you will have to invest some work into this. I get the sense that you're not quite done job hunting. It looks like there are more, there's possibly more than one opportunity out there for you to uh, pursue but there will be work mm-hmm. involved with this. So, um, you know, expect to put forth a considerable amount of effort to achieve this. Now, the next card that I have is addressing more your approach to the jumping ship aspect of this particular uh, job. So I have the Queen of Wands coming up in the middle here. The Queen of Wands is kind of flanked by this little cat here, this little brown cat, which to me signifies very earthly intuition. Now, reverse this card is indicating to me that there's something about your approach or your direction and how you plan to exit this job that might not exactly work in your favor. I would also take a moment to address how you're pursuing your job um, searching venture, Uh, going over your resume as well. And also, can I ask, are you doing any spiritual work to back up your resumes or to, um, you know, make your resume shine out there? Not as of yet, no. Okay. So there's a part of me that's telling me here, the Queen of Wands is saying, um, especially because I know that you're new to this, you may want to look into uh, getting maybe a steady work handle going under your resume so that you can start attracting the right job in the industry that you're looking for. And I would also recommend, um, I know we're going to get to spell work later, so let me actually stay on the course, but um, I would also recommend just going over in your mind um, what exactly you're looking for in this job. It, you know, be very specific. If it's just, well, I want a place that's peaceful, you should probably be orienting yourself towards a job, you know, spiritually, a job that is going to have a supportive staff or a supportive work environment. 
because what I'm getting the sense is you don't want to repeat this in a new job. You don't want to repeat this problem of having the same types of archetypes reappear and you've got new enemies in this new place and you don't want that. So let's yeah. really focus in on how we're going to move in, in a graceful way because I, I associate the Queen of Wands with being very graceful, um, moving through this in a graceful way. Is that making sense to you so far? Oh, yes, because I didn't want to be graceful about it, not one bit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think you, you were wise in, in reaching out for reading because this is a, a quick yield sign just to stop you from, from hurting yourself. Now, the final card that I have here is indicating, you know, if you don't really clean up or, or do this in a graceful way, what's likely to occur? And I want to say it's echoing a little bit of what I just explained to you. I have the hangman finishing this reading. And the hangman here is a very kind of modern-looking man. He's got a blue shirt on and uh, orange pants and yellow shoes. So we've got a combination of uh, needing to be peaceful, uh, needing to be calm, needing to have a creative twist on things, and also operating or walking in wisdom. And I find this card very interesting for you because it's associated with Pisces, which is the opposite sign of yours. So it's kind of like, hey, these are things that are maybe hidden in the depths that you may need to clue in on just so you don't walk into this trap. Um, this man actually, you know, he's holding the string that's got his foot uh, caught up around this theme. This so it's very much... Uh, sabotage by your own design. So you're definitely getting a heads up from spirit. Move through this process with grace. Uh, calm yourself, you know, in spirit. Work some tranquility, work on yourself, and then really brighten that resume with a, with a nice steady work candle just to get yourself the job that you decide. And that's what I'm seeing here. Excellent. All right. Thank well, you. so what, what we're seeing here is that um, – this is there's a there is some deeper stuff going on. You will leave the job you're at. I wanted to add one more thing about justice before I turn this over to Conjure Manali. The card of justice, because you hadn't mentioned a court case, you see, and now that card told when you said court case, I went, oh my God, that's what this card was about too, about the wrongful previous wrongful termination. That card justice says restore balance, but do not pursue revenge. And so I just had to throw that back into the mix because the card actually predicted <laughs> that. Okay. Let's turn this over to Ali now. Thank you. Yeah, you've had some fantastic, fantastic readings here. And um, your situation is a difficult one to be in. You're uh, a Virgo who's very clearly committed to justice, as all Virgos are, um, but also <laughs> uh, one who's willing to put up with Who's, who's managed to put up with a lot, right? And that's another trait that Virgos do. They're adaptable, they're mutable, but they're earthy. And so they're, they're willing to, the fact that, you, that, that you've, you know, endured for this long is an indication of how bad that situation is. You've gotten to this point is an indication of how bad your work situation was. So uh, you're, you're right to be worried about jumping ship. You're right to be worried about moving forward. The, the sort of weather, so to speak, is not ideal for you. So all the magical work we're going to be doing here is going to kind of try to remediate this a little bit to try to address some of these problems. I mean, Mars is in retrograde in Aries, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. In my sixth house, which is what concerns me. In your sixth me. house. Oh, yeah. right, which is sixth house mm-hmm. of health and of uh, traditionally considered work that is un- unthanked work or thankless 
work uh, is literally in the traditional system. Of I'm a nurse. Yes. Ah, there you mm-hmm. go. There you go. Health, right? Then mm-hmm. Saturn's in retrograde. Yeah. Your planetary ruler, Mercury, is going to be in, Scorp- is in Scorpio. So it's a funky time for you. So the first thing we want to do is that grace component. I think Evan really really was right on, on hitting the nail on the head right there with, with the component of grace. Things are hot, and we want to kind of help you to navigate it. So I want you to get a little little charcoal disc. These are called incense charcoals or hookah charcoals or whatever you want. You know, they're easy to find. You light this, and you're going to burn slippery elms along with a couple drops of Stop Gossip Oil. You can get this from Lucky Mojo. You add it to the, the, the actual slippery elm. As it's burning on the ash, it makes it a very fragrant smoke. And as the smoke rises, I want you to recite Psalm 35, 37, and 91. Burn this to an ash. Once the ashes are burnt down and cooled off, I want you to take the ash and mark the bottoms of your shoe with the soles of your shoe, make a little cross, place it there. What this will do will help you to navigate and slip through this mess, handle it gracefully. Nothing will stick on to you. Nothing will cling to you. You'll be able to kind of move through it. Then I want you to do some money or job drawing work. I think putting your resume under steady works or putting it under an attraction candle is fantastic. I want you to actually write down what you are looking for from a job, then sleep on it, and then the next morning when you wake up, revise it. We want to put some separation here because being thoughtful in your work is very important. Being thoughtful in what you actually want, not just, for example, a positive work environment, but supporting colleagues, as, as Evan pointed out and as Miss Cat pointed out. Then, once you've got this perfect list, get yourself five-finger grass, a small cinnamon stick that you can break off, a bay leaf, uh, lodestone grit, which is a very small lodestone, not the big lodestone, just a lodestone grit, a little bit of magnetic sand, deer's tongue. Put this all into a flannel bag, pray into it, tie it up nice and tight with three knots, Feed it a bit of whiskey and a bit of steady work oil and keep this on you. You want an ongoing, talismanic, powerful, spiritual ally to help deal with this entire mess and help you find the ideal job. Let's see if uh, Evan or Miss Cat have anything further to add. Well, I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to do is ask, I'm, I missed a few of those. I got the magnetic sand, I got the lodestone, I got the deer's tongue, I got the steady work oil, and someone else wrote small cinnamon stick. Is there anything else we missed? Five finger grass. Ah, thank you so much. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, the thing about your work, Ollie, uh, when when you say it, you talk so freaking fast. <laughs> I do, I know. I'm looking at the clock. Well, well, you know, because it's all in your head and it's all, you know, it's just going to come tumbling out. I I get that. Um, so let's talk about what those things are. Five-finger grass is for the work of your hands. Lodestone grid is to attract something good. And um, and uh, deer's tongue is for eloquence and speech. Uh, magnetic sand is to help the lodestone to work. It's really, it's a great combination of, of stuff. Um, and... Uh, I I wouldn't add anything to it really. I like it. How about you, Evan? Do you have anything to add? I wouldn't add anything to this, but I would recommend a nice bath just to cool her spirit and some coconut yes. milk, rosemary, and some Queen Elizabeth because I think she needs to restore like change that fire energy to something more regal. 
Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes, right. regal, exactly, not feeling so harassed. Queen Elizabeth mm-hmm. Root is good. You might even add it to that little bag. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Mary, for uh, entrusting us, and um, and uh, let's uh, see what comes next. I believe if the last 10 years have been any indication, the thing that comes next is a pre-recorded network announcement. <laughs> The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Evan Lionheart of Readings by Evan uh, in New Jersey. Take it away, Evan. Thank you so much, Dr. Jeremy. I really appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. So I'm going to give you a combo of a ritual bath and a mojo bag. This is my tame, thought, and conquered ritual to cultivate better habits. So we're going to start with a series of three baths. You're going to need pine needles to cleanse your mind, broom to cleanse your spirit, peony roots to break any unnatural illness off of you, eucalyptus to purge away bad habits, and cast off evil oil because... You know, just to up the ante a little bit. You're also going to need to, uh, the following for a mojo bag. You're going to need a small piece of master root, a ginseng root, a high John the Conqueror root, three strips of paper long enough to wrap around each root, red or purple thread should you need it, a black pen, and a red flannel bag. You're going to start this bath on Sunday, and if you work astrologically, better to work while the moon is waning. So start on the Sunday, take your first bath in the morning, and then write out your first goal on your first slip of paper. If you want to reach a certain weight goal or you want to reach a certain amount of muscle mass, write that exact target goal out. And then you're going to tie it and fix it around the master root. Place that in the bag, but don't close it. Day two, you're going to take your second bath, and you're going to write out what you find hardest about achieving your goal. For instance, if you're just too lazy or you lack the energy, write, the strength to be consistent is mine to wield, and then tie that around your ginseng root. On the third day, you're going to take your third bath, and now you're going to arm yourself with the ability to make all of these things happen. Write your name on the last strip of paper, and then over it, write out Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Tie that to a high John the Conqueror, and fix your bag closed. Feed it once a week with power oil or whiskey to keep cultivating good health habits. And that's yourself. Wow. This is that's great. a beautiful, beautiful bag. Now, that's that's the style that uh, back in the day people used to call a trio bag. The trio bag is a special kind of mojo in which there are three ingredients. Each of one is prepared individually, not just dumped in, uh, you know, together. Um, 
I'm going to ask a question here about wrapping the paper around these little items. Um, would it be okay if if one wanted to to um, use a little wax to hold them on, to use a little sewing thread to wrap, wrap, wrap with a little wax? How would you, you know, or should they just go in and unfold? I am a big proponent of using thread to bind things, so that's why I listed using mm. purple thread or red thread because those are both very powerful colors in conjure. So generally, mm-hmm. and one thing that I, you might want to try, if you're going to wrap your roots in thread, I normally measure my thread out about the length of my arm, and then I will mm-hmm. dress that thread in power oil. So that thread mm-hmm. is now infused with that condition oil, and then I will wrap that paper to secure it around the root. Always you've seen it. The, the more well. questions we ask, the better. The better we know. That's good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> give you a little bit of the same thing that that I learned, but a little different. Um, the, I learned to make the thread as long as your body. Uh, so that's a little <gasps> bit more thread. Um, it's the whole measure of your body, and mm. um, and that. Would be, but but dipping it into an oil like power oil, perfect. That's really good. I also was taught. Early on, if you're going to do that, use just a little dab of beeswax um, to hold anything, you know, hold it together while you start wrapping um, so you don't get fumble-fingered on it. And um, mm-hmm. But you can, if you have don't have beeswax from your candles, you can use just a little bit of soft candle wax. But most candle wax has a lot of stearic acid and it's uh, hard. So I always tell everybody, have some beeswax in your home. For gosh sake, you're going to need it. It's a crafting supply. Mm-hmm. Um I love this this spell. It's really it's really good because it unifies these diverse things. What do you think, Ollie? Yeah, I love it. I love the particular the way in which it's all brought together, wrapped up in that thread. Even the color of the threads uh, are make mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Um, this is the, one of the reasons why this type of work is so fantastic is that it's not short-term work. It's not like you light a candle, you set it, you forget it, and then it's over with. This is something that you're going to carry with you. This is something that you're going to work with. It's about building a spiritual practice. It's about building a spiritual relationship. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's old-school working, so I, I absolutely love it. Okay, I'm going to throw Thank in one more thing because nobody's mentioned this either. Depending on how long your client's hair is, or if you're doing for the, just for yourself, how long your hair is, at the first wrap of thread, put one of your hair is in, too. Mm. If you are completely shaved-headed, shaved-bodied, and have no hair, well, you could put in a fingernail. But I like, I really like to use a hair um, at, at the beginning, at the, when you start to wrap it. You can even, like, if, if you're, you know, if you have no hair or something, you can even dab that paper with some of, like, your armpit sweat and then let it dry. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Very old school. Mm-hmm. Armpits, yeah. armpit, uh, excuse me, ar- <laughs> arm sweat, underarm sweat um, is, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny because, you know, people say, well, what? You know, I use a deodorant. I don't mm-hmm. have no underarm sweat. You sure do have underarm sweat, you know. Um, <laughs> that That has a traditional... Use for power. That is used for power mm-hmm. more than anything else. And um, uh, of course, if you were making a spell for sex, you'd use your sex juices. But but really for power, underarm sweat. Um, they always say back in the day, it has a lot of strength in it because mm-hmm. it's connected mm-hmm. to your arm, and your arm has strength, power. Yeah. Yep. It's a good way. And I the good best part to... about this bath. Oh, I apologize, Matt. 
I just wanted to say really quickly, the best part about this bath is if you do fall off of your regimen, if you do happen to slip, you miss a workout, you can restart this with the bath. You can get those same ingredients together, take another fresh bath, and then just talk to your mojo bag. Say, hey, look, I fell off yesterday. I need your help to get myself back in order. And that's how you're building that relationship between you, spirit, and your body. That's really good. That's really good, yeah. There's a there's a lot of people right now trying to work on their bodies in, in particular. I think the whole threat of, of health and death, uh, you know, with the COVID has made people conscious of the fact that, hey, I got 50 pounds too much on me or 25 pounds. And they're working very hard to um, help their bodies. This is the kind of mojo that will definitely help your body. All right, well, there is the... Faint harmonica strains of Will Shade may be coming up a notch and closer to us. Here he comes. (laughs) Ah, down on Beale Street. All right. Let's turn this over to Dr. Jeremy. He's going to give us a little outro, and then we're going to come back and talk about the, the upcoming festival briefly. Here you go, Jeremy. Ah, well, thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. And thank you, Evan Lionheart of readingsbyevan.com for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Stuart Palm of stuartpalm.com in Hong Kong, bringing up the topic of steady work. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy White, joining you from templeofmerriam.com. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in next week. Thanks, everybody. And now let's turn this over to Miss Kat and Conjurman Ali. All right. Well, as it happens, this show, everybody on the show, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, Conjurman Ali, Evan Lionheart, and yours truly, are all participating in the first ever one-of-a-kind Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. After 12 years of having these festivals live on the grass, we have now taken to the ether. And um, you can buy tickets. They're on sale now. And I want everyone to know, you can read about the Hoodoo Heritage Festival at hoodooheritagefestival.com, and everything will be explained. Now, the workshops are going to be by Zoom. And there's also a Q&A. You can ask questions of the workshop presenters. You can also download these workshops uh, for your own pleasure at any time you want to. I can't tell you about the goodie box because you're too late for the goodie box. Oh, well. But there is a website that has all the items that were in the goodie box for the very first people who signed up. And you can replicate that goodie box by ordering the items. And also, you may not need them all because some of them may be in your hoodoo cupboard already. So think about it. Tickets are on sale, and I hope you love it. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Good night.